How we doing, fam? It's 2021, and I tell you what, spring has sprung. TulipTreeGardenCO.com here to take care of all your health and wellness needs. And right now, their CBD products are off the chains. CBD is the non-psychoactive compound found in the cannabis and hemp plants that really gives your life the benefits you need. We're talking about less stress, less pain, less inflammation, and better sleep at night. TulipTreeGardenCO.com, not only for your CBD, but all your great, unique gifts for any occasion. TulipTreeGardenCO.com. Support those that support the show. Now let's get into it. Acme Army Podcast. And top of the morning, fam, this is part two of the J.J. Leahy conversation that we had taped last week. But right now, I am on a river in Montana, fly fishing for the most beautiful brown trout and rainbow trout you have ever seen. I'll be posting pictures on Twitter, Acme underscore Army. Check out J.J. Leahy at J-J-L-A-H-E-Y. iTunes, Spotify, get it. them Packers. Any free agency you like out there, JJ? No. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, you know, I recognized a while ago that uh, we were not going to be making any big splashy moves in free agency. And so I immediately quit paying attention to free agency. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Yeah. I'm just looking at those. Uh, what's going to happen when everybody starts cutting down players and if there's going to be any bodies to fill in there. I, is Snacks Harrison a viable option to re- return? Uh, I think it's unlikely because Snacks wants some money. He he wants a minimum of $5 million. He also is not the kind of guy at this point in his career who's interested in playing the full season, especially not, you know, with the full yeah. off season and all that. He, you know, I think he kind of liked what he did last year. Mm-hmm. Just chilling, waiting, not getting hurt. And then toward the end of the season, you have a, a try with a team or two that you think might go all the way. Mm-hmm. I kind of think that's just who he is right now. So uh, is would he be willing to come back for the right price? Yeah. But uh, look, they also didn't play him. Yeah. The Packers did not play him when they had him. So I, to me, I just don't. Look, I was ecstatic when we signed him. I thought this was going to be the answer. And then yeah. he couldn't get on the field. And I'm sitting there going, all right, the Packers know something I don't. They, you know, he's a, a they they see a limitation or a liability that, that they're not willing to risk getting exploited right now. So I don't know. You, you know, I, I have to sort of mirror the conversation we had just a few minutes ago about Yash Nyman. Eric and I have been talking about him forever. Love him. Love the body. But there's a there's only one other body yeah, like baby. him on the Green Bay Packers roster. And that's Anthony Rush. He's <laughs> that big. <laughs> that big. I went back and looked at some tape of him playing year before last. And... I'm of the mind that Kenny Clark is a lot more valuable when you're not asking him to play the nose. If you can, if you can for first and second down, put a 350 pound guy in there that can move and allow Kingsley and Kenny Clark to, uh, to play three technique or in that three to four shade area, that that makes us a lot more viable. And, and, and I'll tell you what, Anthony Rush, did he earn $546 in uh, compensatory pay for that one snap last year? Potential. But that's one more snap that Nyman had on, on uh, outside of special teams. 
I, I will say one thing I have wondered with Rush, because physically he does check a lot of boxes off. I have wondered if, uh, you know, it, it, it was mental stuff that was holding him back, you know, a, a lack of understanding of the scheme and his assignments and stuff. And that could really be helped by having, you know, an off season. Um, I talked to Rush really recently and he confirmed that he is, coming back um they the team did tell me he's coming back so we will have for you know at least in the uh you know pre you know otas and, and camps and stuff you know as far as he can make it the dude has some potential uh but he also just has not been able to get much going in the league so far so uh i i still think that him having some time in uh the off season to familiarize himself with what they're trying to do can only help him. And then it's up to him to actually make, you know, make the team and, and get some snaps. Well, that's the scary thing with him is you see all this physical potential and some snaps that you can go to YouTube and watch. But I think we're the fifth team in two years or three yeah. years for this guy. And when you got somebody who's that big and that strong uh, that can wreak havoc, teams don't let him go. And so that's there's there's got to be a mental aspect or, or something along those lines. But boy, he certainly would be a nice, inexpensive um, rotational piece if he, he has together. He has arms on top of arms. He has the, the <laughs> longest arms. This this dude, I, I remember uh, when we were getting ready to play, I think it was the Titans. Um, I had proposed, you know, the idea of t- trying to put Rush in next to Kenny because his long arms meant that you could, you know, you didn't have to have as many guys in the middle there, which for the, that particular offense really could have done something. They ended up not doing that because uh, the Packers don't listen to my podcast, but whatever. <laughs> but that was the one game where we actually saw a normal NFL defensive line play. We did bring in extra bodies. We did make that um, defense for that one game was very different than any of the lines we ran the rest of the year. It worked that going into that game, the Titans were the number one offense in the league and uh, we unseated them and humiliated them. We do their own game. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right, guys. Well, uh, good talk on the draft picks path past draft picks. Let's move on to a different area of the conversation. And let's take a look at the NFC North and the, Mm-hmm. The teams that we got to face twice a year, where they're sitting right now, we've had a lot of changes, and what could they potentially do in this draft? Where are they going to sit at the end of the draft? Kind of, uh, let's get a feel about these guys. So let's start with the Bears. Eric, Chicago Bears. Well, I'll tell you, I, I felt really good after back to back thirteen and three seasons. Um, I think we have a decent chance to uh, compete for second place in the division. Uh, the Red Rocket, uh, there it is. Uh, <laughs> that's a signing that uh, uh, will long live in infamy in Chicago. Uh, what a general manager and owner situation that they have going there. I, I, uh, I, I don't understand. I, I really don't understand. Uh, I think very similar. I, I don't, I mean, we maintained. We signed everyone that we wanted to but Lindsley. And if you look at the Bears, and I think you can expand that to the Vikings and the Lions, it seems to me like all of them 
had more losses um, than they had gains when you look at who, who signed and who left. Um, I, I mean, I, th I think that we've sort of been uh, handed the division. Um, A lot of chatter going on there with the Bears about moves up for a QB, JJ. Kyle Trask, please. <laughs> <laughs> I think he'd be a phenomenal fit. They should trade up. I mean, listen, uh, Ryan Pace, if you're listening, Kyle Trask might go in the first three picks. <laughs> you should, <laughs> you should, whatever it takes to move up and make sure that you get him first. Oh. Make sure it happens. Oh, goodness. You know, there's, uh, they're just always going to be in turmoil there. I can't believe the guy's got a job. I, I, I have to think that COVID had something to do with them not wanting to make the change right now and whatever it is, because, uh, Lots of chatter. You know, our guy Tevin Jenkins that we love, Eric. You know, a lot of people in Chicago talking about Tevin Jenkins as well. Well, you know, you, you look you look back, uh, in addition to the Red Rocket, Damian Williams, eh, Allen Robinson, that's that's a nice keep, no mm -hmm. doubt about it. Ifedi um, is a decent player. Um, boy, but... but, but Not a great Des, Desmond Trufant, who I was kind of interested in as a cheap uh depth player doesn't replace Kyle Fuller there's just no chance um so I, I I think as we said I think two podcasts ago for the Bears to become a threat again the McCaskies have to sell I mean this is just uh and this has been going on forever mm -hmm. you you remember the list for of, of, of Chicago Bear quarterbacks during uh the Brett Favre era in Green Bay it was like 23 24 yeah. It's approaching that with Rodgers. Um, it, it, it's it, it's absolutely insane. And then you know you 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 know the moves, the the looking past uh, uh, Watson, and looking past Mahomes to get to Trubisky. I, I I'm sorry, that's that's unforgivable. That should have been job ending. Uh, but let's keep it going. I'm yeah. kind of hoping that they can coax Cuddy out of retirement. <laughs> I mean, they're looking to trade Anthony Miller right now. That's a that's a rumor that's out there as well. So, I don't know. I don't know what's happening. I just found a lot of, you know, uh, consistencies in some of the mock drafts that I've looked at for the Bears as far as earlier mock drafts for the Packers, you know, with offensive line meet, needs, quarterback needs, wide receiver needs, you know, a lot of the same players. So, it might we might be fishing for the same apple. But uh, what are your feelings, J.J., on the Bears? I think there's no doubt that uh, if there's a quarterback within range, that's going to be their first round pick. Same with the Lions. Um, although with the Lions, you know, they he's not their GM, but they got John Dorsey in there. John Dorsey, who built the Kansas City Chiefs. Every player that you like who's on the Kansas City Chiefs was drafted by John Dorsey. Ever since Dorsey got fired and the new guy come, came in, they've done nothing in the draft. Mm -hmm. uh, same with, look at the Browns. And I'm, I'm, I'm not criticizing uh, Andrew Barry. I think he's doing a fine job so far. But mm -hmm. John Dorsey built that Browns team, stacked it with an insane amount of talent. And, yeah, he had a lot of picks to do it. But he also hit on, uh, you know, he, the guy is a phenomenal drafter. And, uh the, you know, you, the, the gall to take Baker Mayfield during the Sam Darnold, Josh Rose, and all that that was going around. 
That was Dorsey. That was all Dorsey. There were some great quarterbacks taken in that draft. But look, I mean, of, of Baker, Darnold, and Rosen, which, you know, was the, the big debate. No question he got the best out of the three. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen both came out of that draft. But look, he also grabbed Mahomes. So here, here's my point. If the, if the Lions draft a quarterback, I'm going to be nervous because John Dorsey is uh, – he's working for him. He's, a, he's an advisor. If he says this is the quarterback you should take, look, he's got he's got the track record to back it up, man. So, uh, but Bears, listen, if if there is a quarterback better than Kyle Trask who is available to him, I think they're going to take him. Yeah, they need offensive line help, though. That's for sure. They need offensive line help, and they need to start restocking that defense. That that defense has eroded. That is a crime that Ryan Pace let that happen. That was out of this world defense and he let it erode to, I mean, the Packers have a better defense right now. The yeah. Packers do who are never known for good defenses. In JJ, hindsight, the Khalil Mack uh, an acquisition of the Packers was oh. a blessing. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yes. it was terrible for them. So, yeah. JJ question for you. Um, you've just raised an, an awful lot of points and it kind of goes, I know how Eric thinks we've talked about this uh, ad nauseum. But, but how does he still have a job as general manager for the Chicago Bears after, you know, and then those are the, the big things that obviously the, the mm-hmm. trade up, but, but the decline or the, the um, haphazard management of the defensive side of that team, h- how does this guy have a job? I'm going to try and be as fair as possible to Ryan Pace. I'm going <laughs> to in the best possible light. As far as drafting goes, he's not a bad drafter. A lot of the guys that he picks are really good. He just seems to hate having high draft picks. The dude gives away all of his draft picks for these stupid free agents that look, he, as far as being a GM goes, as far as managing, managing the team goes, he's terrible at it. But as a scout, Look, missing on Mitchell Trubisky is a fireable offense for sure. Take that out of the equation, though. And I I I mean, I would hire him just not as a GM. Like, just keep him around as a scout. He's a lot and 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 this is a, another part of the problem, too, is that he moves around in the draft a lot. He trades up for guys that you shouldn't be trading up for. That's part of the problem. But I mean, look, David Montgomery, I'm in love with that pick. Uh, not a fan of Anthony Miller, but outside of Anthony Miller and Mitchell Trubisky, I like a lot of his picks. Honestly, it's just, and Anthony Miller isn't the worst, but it, where he drafted him and the fact that he traded up to get him that that's the real crime right there. So yeah, look, he's got pictures at the end of the day, he's got pictures of somebody and, and that's how he still has a job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he hasn't been working with a lot of picks either. I mean, look at that. That was a, I he told gave, you he, he gave a lot up get, for that one. Exactly. He gives away all of his picks. Boy, oh boy. It's like, look, we as Packers fans are kind of blessed that he's always trying to <laughs> trade away every first round pick he can for some stupid free agent because when he has draft picks, he does a lot of good with them. Mm-hmm. 
You you look at uh, the draft classes over the last few years by Ryan Pace. There's a lot more misses in here, or a lot more hits in here mm-hmm. than you're going to find on the average team as you scroll through the draft classes. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad. Yep. Just, Number one thing hurting him is he doesn't have very many picks, and no uh, it's because of his it's because of his free agency and and trade activities. Mm-hmm. That that's that's what sinks uh, their roster. Yeah. All right, let's move along to the Lions right now because the Lions are one of the biggest stories right now <laughs> in the NFC. And Dan Campbell comes in riding on a horse of just adrenaline, fury, excitement. Uh, you know, what are people in your neck of the woods, JJ, feeling about this guy? Well, I, uh, for anybody who doesn't know, I do live in Michigan. Um, nobody here cares. I'll, I'll tell you that the fans, <laughs> the fans don't care. They're like, Hey, you know, if it works out great, but we don't expect much. Um, that's, that's just the honest truth. Um, the, my father-in-law is a massive lions fan and I keep bringing up lions news. Like, I'm, Hey, hey did you guys hear you guys signed uh, Jamal Williams and Tim Boyle? You want to talk about that? I mean, these are good players. He's like, it doesn't matter. We're going to suck. We always suck. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think they did a good job from the perspective of what you lose your number one receiver. You lose Marvin Jones, and you bring in Jared Goff. So he doesn't have many people to throw to right now. And the scenario... Geronimo Allison might be his best receiver this year. (laughs) It might set up for a uh, you know a Tim Boyle takeover and a Jamal Williams uh, Pro Bowl season is what I'm looking <laughs> for. Well, that'll help with a compensatory uh, compensatory pick next year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm I, I just pulled up their uh, roster. Here's they have they have a lot of wide receivers. You just have never heard of any of them. Mm-hmm. Perriman and Williams. That's it. Yeah, you got Tyrell Williams, Geronimo Allison, and Quintez Cephas. And they brought in Brashad Perriman for whatever that's worth. That is rough. TJ Hawkinson might be the most valuable pass catcher in fantasy this year because there's nobody else for golf to throw to. Wow. News alert, people. That is a great call, man. By the Eric, way, hey, do not you take, didn't hear that. <laughs> don't take any fantasy football advice from me except for on quarterbacks. I, uh, I, I grabbed Patrick Mahomes in the year he became Patrick Mahomes. And the following year, I grabbed Lamar Jackson. And uh, I have finished pretty much dead last in our league every year, despite having those two guys in their MVP season. So <laughs> any fantasy football advice from me. Well, Eric, you want to hit me on the, on the number one receiver in Detroit? Uh, yes. Get Q! It. Q! We love us some Quintez Cephas. Yes, yes. Love well, that I, kid. I hope he breaks out for sure. But... Uh, Wish he was on the Packers. That would have. I just, I, I just think Reggie Beagleton needed some good competition. I think Quintez could have elevated him, and they could have helped each other out a little bit before the season started. But uh, he's, a, he's a star. I, I just think that I, I feel so bad for Detroit Lion fans that what happened was you got rid of Matt Stafford, who as a Packer fan. I loved Matt Stafford. I lo- mm-hmm. When he was busted up, uh, who were they playing? Was it the Redskins? I forget who they were playing. He was busted up, and he's 
on the sideline, collapses, comes back in the game to win it at the. I mean, the guy was. I loved him. He was fun to play against. Very Farvesque as well in his style of play. Yeah, man. As a gunslinger, swagger, and the arm talent to back it up. Mm. I, I, you know, Jer, he he and well, you know, and he had some very recent success against us. Um, mm-hmm. You know, year before last. Um, I'll tell you the, but Jared Goff doesn't scare me. Mm-mm. Matthew Stafford has arm talent. That's, you know, there's very few quarterbacks in the league that have as quality an NFL arm as Matthew Stafford, him and Kelvin. Glad Johnson. to see him go. What a yeah. fun, fun duo that was just bombing. Yeah, you ain't but, kidding. I, you know, I'm excited to see what he does with, with the Rams, but if I'm a Lions fan, I'm going, we just lost him for Jared Goff and we don't have a really great receiver. <laughs> we don't have a, a fantastic offensive line. It's not as bad as I'd say the bears is, but ah, I, I'll tell you, here's here's my insider info from living in a or rather marrying into a Lions family. <clears throat> Lions fans are just happy that the team is eating its vegetables right now because <laughs> they hated the Matt Patricia era so much. Really? They hated it so mm. much. So to just tear it all down, mm. maybe risk going 0-16 again this season. I mean, it's, it's a possibility. They are okay with that. They're like, look, let's we there is nothing redeemable about our team. Rip it all down, start over. They're fine with the Dan Campbell hire. Yeah. Uh, he's he's kind of a Michigan man, honestly, just as a dude. Yeah. They like him as a person, mm-hmm. do, but they don't like this roster. They don't have any faith at all that this roster is going to do anything this year. So this is an eat your vegetables year. Next year we can start you know, putting this thing together, maybe we get a really good draft this year that can start performing next year, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, moving on, I think Vikings are the team that made the biggest jump. You, did you freeze up there, Eric? Uh, your, your video freeze froze up. I, I heard him for a second. Yeah. You're in are now. you back? There you go. I can hear you. I can't see you. It says Zoom meeting not responding. Hmm. Your 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 audio's on, so so we're good. But your your video uh, froze up. Okay. Uh, if you can hear me, let's move on to the Vikings here because the Vikings, I think, made the biggest improvements from just the off season additions they made. And I, who did they really lose? I guess would be the question for me. But uh, JJ, let's start with them. Uh, Vikings, how how you feeling about them? Patrick Peterson, a nice addition. Still a, a pretty damn good offense. What are you feeling about those Vikings? Uh, I wasn't expecting anything from the Vikings last year. I never bought into, for one second, bought into the hype that they were going to be good. I um, was expecting them to be every bit as bad as they were. Mm-hmm. And this year I see as a bounce back. Um you know, look, they, they got themselves into a really horrible cap situation and they had to cut a bunch of talent. And then you were hit with uh, some unfortunate stuff like the Daniil Hunter injury that you know, made it even worse. And uh, I, I I think that they are, as it stands right now, they're the third best team in the division. Uh, I think the, the Bears are clearly better. Um, can they take a leap here? I would say maybe it's it's a lot of it is dependent on some of their young players really taking that next step especially looking at their defensive backs um you know the the 
all their cornerbacks are so young. I think they're going to be hurt by, you know, Jeff Gladney is probably never playing another snap of football in his life. <laughs> I think that's going to hurt him. But uh, they've got a bunch of other young DBs, and, and that was a massive part of the struggles they were having last year was their their defense in particular, but, but especially their corners. <laughs> they need some safeties in this draft. I think they probably should have brought a safety in in free agency. But uh, Vi- Vikings, I think, are very much within reach of where they could be a threat. Eric, what are you feeling on them Vikings? Well, I mean, I, I look and I, 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 th- I think that they maybe lost, maybe they gained. You know, obviously, we talked, we spent a bit of time talking about Tomlinson and uh, how nice he might have looked in green and gold um, mm-hmm. stud. And, and uh, Patrick Peterson is obviously a. Uh, a Ancient. nice little jump there, but he's long in the tooth, mm-hmm. long in the tooth. Um, and then to lose Reef and and uh, and Harris are are and Rudolph, uh, and who's the uh, the end they lost as well. Um, um, it's a name I can't pronounce. Hmm. Uh, uh, they didn't lose Adenigbo. Yes, they did. They did. Yeah, he signed with the, the with the uh, Jets or Giants. Huh. Oh yeah, he. I think he did go to the Giants. Oh yeah, you know what? They it need... is the Giants because they kind of traded Tomlinson yeah. for, you know, you know, addition by subtraction for. for Vikings need some massive help on the offensive line. Their offensive line is is about to be, otherworldly terrible. Mm-hmm. They need yeah. massive help there. I th- I think, if they don't go offensive line with their first pick in the draft, mm-hmm. they're in big trouble. But but they are in a position where you get one really good guy and that could be enough to turn the tide. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I still feel like the Vikings are the second best team in the division. I, I still think when they get dialed in offensively and defensively, Zimmer's just always a, I don't know. He's a defensive minded coach. He's always given us fits and Daniil Hunter coming back. I don't know if I'm mentally putting too much weight on his return, but they they don't have anybody that came close to the quarterback it seemed last year. And Barr, uh, it just seems like they they got the makings to be our, our biggest competition because I have apps zero zero faith in what the Chicago Bears are going to put on the field this year. A couple things. Um, Yannick Ngakwe played like six games for the Vikings last year, and he still led the team in sacks at the end of the year. Uh, Second point, one thing that I think is continuing to hurt the Vikings is, you know, they lost Stefanski to the Browns. Mm -hmm. Uh, Zimmer doesn't really touch the offense. Now, Clint Kubiak is the new offensive coordinator, Gary's son. Uh, that is something you got to keep your eye on. What's his first offense going to look like? That's a big question. If the Vikings take a step back offensively, I think they're going to be in trouble because they're still trying to find their footing and put together an elite defense again. Um, and, 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 you know, I'm, I'm not uh, laying that on Zimmer. I'm laying that on the, the quality of the players that they have. They just, they lost so many good guys. Yeah, they brought some new guys back, you know, into the fold this year. We'll have to see how much that helps them. But 
they also just need time to gel together and keep, I mean, you saw how much their defense took a massive step over the course of the year, just as they had time last year to keep working together and you, they weren't bringing new guys in. They just were ironing out kinks that they had. So how long is it going to take for their offense and their defense to come together for that reason? I just feel like the Vikings are starting out behind the bears. The bears have more going for them in terms of consistency and um, chemistry together. And, and it's not that like the bears are completely devoid of talent either. You know, I'm splitting you guys right down the middle. I think we all agree that Detroit is the weakest team in the division. That's easy. Maybe the, the I, league. Yeah. The way I, the way I look at the Vikings and bears is that it's about a coin toss for me, either one. I, I don't think either of them are playoff teams. Um, I think they're going to fight it out for second place in the North. I think the Vikings biggest problem, um, even if they had the number one overall pick, in this year's draft, they couldn't re- <clears throat> they couldn't change what they need to, and that's uh, that's a fan base, and that's just <laughs> not something that's going to get better. <laughs> and that's all I got to say on that. <laughs> oh, dude! Yeah, I I, uh, <laughs> I concur. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, it, it's going to be a coin toss. I'm just excited about what we're going to do with the next version, the, the newest evolution of our offense. On the, I mean, these teams don't have a defense that is really – the Bears took such a step back. Khalil Mack is, uh, is such a non-factor now. Um, it seems like we're, we're having an – Oh, we're hitting an overwhelming stride for teams in our division. So, you know, one 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 last little thing about the Vikings um, that that you know, and and the, the as JJ said, the loss of Daniel Hunter was crippling to them, uh, no doubt. But we did hang. I think we became only the second team uh, in his long and, and very successful career to hang 500 yards on a Mike Zimmer defense, mm. and and I think that uh, oh boy, I. I, again, the Lions, even though they play us tough, the Lions are giving these, uh, the Bears, uh, we should sweep the division this year. I don't think that either of those teams have enough. And I think we're just hitting our stride. We're now going to be in the third year of Matt LaFleur's system. He's got more of the players that he needs. Again, it's the first year of a new defense. There is that. Yeah. But when you have the league MVP, and the weaponry at his disposal, and now the the, the full integration of, of the illusion of complexity. Uh, I, I really look uh, look forward to a, another uh, North Division championship. Don't forget that Aaron Rodgers has been recruiting players as well. So, I mean, that's a big thing to talk about, guys. He's recruiting some of the finest players to come to our team, so... The return of Jake Kumro and Martellus Bennett. (laughs) And Jimmy Graham. Oh, yeah. The nerve of Jimmy Graham to say the things that man has said. I'm losing faith, Jimmy. All right, guys, we got any final party words on uh, how we're feeling about these uh, Green Bay Packers? Hit it off, JJ. Absolutely, I do. You had, you know, when we were talking about uh, what's this podcast going to look like today, you gave me a preview of one of the questions, and I've been waiting for it, and it hasn't come yet. Oh, my gosh. What is it? 
Which team in the NFC North can make the biggest jump oh, with their draft picks? Yes. We didn't talk about our draft picks. Oh, man. Yes. I, I, I'll tell you exactly who it is. Who is it? It's it's the Lions because, look, the, the situation where a rookie can make the biggest difference is on the worst team. Hmm. The, the, the Packers, I mean, what draft pick are the Packers going to bring in? that is going to substantially foundationally change the makeup of this team. Maybe a big fat guy that they can sit next to Kenny Clark and help that D line out. Maybe you get a, you know, pro bowl caliber offensive tackle to come in Mm -hmm. outside of that. What can you possibly do with a rookie this year? Who's going to beat out the insane elite talent we have on this roster. The Lions have holes everywhere. They can benefit the most in in one year from uh, bringing in, in rookies. Yes. Hey, hey, JJ, I want to ask you a question just based on that. And we sort of uh, earlier in the podcast when you were talking about the uh, the sideline to sideline middle linebacker. Yeah. And, and, and I'm just answering the question that you just asked. And uh, can Zaven Collins? And if he's in, you know, I don't think he's going to make it to us, but if he does, there's an insane guy that would plug quite nicely into a Joe Barry one linebacker system um, that he likes to run an awful lot. And that, that would be the one thing that I think could make instant. I think if you go, if you go at least early cornerback or, or a defensive line that they're rotational guys, at least to start, whereas mm-hmm. Collins might be the, the one guy that might come in and grab the reins of that defense. I'll tell you what, every year there's uh, a player or three that I just bad mouth like crazy and they end up being really good. So for that reason, I'm not going to stop saying how much I don't believe in uh, the Zayvon Collins thing, because if I do, <laughs> then we'll draft him and he'll be a rock star. Um, but I, I, like I, don't, that voodoo. I don't like first round linebackers. They just, they just don't, do well in the pros and i have a i have a theory about that it seems like in the first round the linebackers all go on to just stink if you look at the last i don't know five ten years of the draft very few first round linebackers ever pan out and the second round of the draft is the money round for that middle linebacker position and i have a really concrete theory on this i think that the scouts get distracted by the real flashy linebackers who do a lot of cool looking things in college. And, you know, the stuff that they do just doesn't pan out, just doesn't translate to the NFL. Cause you know, you're in a situation where you're getting by on a freak athleticism and you don't need to be a super, you know, talented technician, but you go to the NFL where everybody is a freak athlete and that doesn't cut it anymore. And in that second tier of linebackers, it seems like that's where all the scouts rank the guys who are just good, solid, dependable guys who don't wow you. And those are the guys who can actually go on and perform really well in the, in the NFL. So for that reason, guys like Zavin who are really exciting to watch, don't tempt me in the draft. But like I said, I'm going to keep saying that in the hopes that all of my past wrongness <laughs> continues on with Zayvon. 
I, I just think it's interesting that the linebacker from Kentucky has jumped up so far. I've seen him mock several times. Uh, Jimin Davis, is that his name? Oh, I I have no idea how to say his name. I, I keep hearing yeah. Jammin, and yeah. I keep saying Jamin, but I have no yeah. idea how you say his name. Jammin yeah. Davis. It sounds he's, better. Yeah, I, well, he's mocked all. I, he he was originally second, third round linebacker. You know, you had Nick Bolton, who I have not heard mm-hmm. anything from lately. You know, he's not mocked anywhere near the first round, and uh, and Zayvon Collins has been second up, but but Davis jumping up so far. I, I don't. He he must have blew off his or blew the roof off his pro day. I like Jabril Cox as well. That that's a guy who probably LSU. Yeah, LSU. You know, he might might be there in the second or third round for us. Mm-hmm. That I, I think right now he's the most exciting linebacker to me. Um but uh look, you know, if you're if you're just trying to build the perfect linebacker based on the physical traits that uh we believe Joe Barry likes, no question Zaven Collins is the guy, mm-hmm. you know. Designed in a in a in a test tube. Yes. Laboratory wingspan. Yes. Well, yep. One one of the things that I find exciting about him, you know, because you do have Chris Barnes who surprised us a little bit, and you've got the sort of what do we really have in Kamal Martin, uh, just a maniac. Um, but the thing that Barry and that Fangio defense typically uses more of a Clay Matthews kind of defensive end than. Excuse me, a, a defensive. I'm sorry, I got a phone call. Um, uses more of that 250 pound, 255 pound, six three guy than the entire setup we have with the Smith brothers and Rashawn Gary. And Zaven Collins immediately provides depth because there's a guy that can step from playing middle linebacker if you've got injuries, can go over and play outside linebacker because he's just got that crazy athletic ability. And mm-hmm. if that's something like that happens, you you still have. Chris Barnes and Kamal Martin, if we're going to truly use that sort of one middle linebacker situation that Barry used an awful lot of last year. Yeah, I mean, That's not why even, he's attractive yeah. to me. But not even from the replacement standpoint, just the rush from the middle. I mean, just another component with the other guys up there. Well, don't forget, Kamal Martin was the, uh, you know, via PFF, Kamal Martin was the second best rookie linebacker last season. And all the first round linebackers, stunk isaiah simmons mm. terrible um what's his name uh, patrick, patrick queen. queen one of literally one of the worst linebackers yep. in all of football yeah kenneth murray nowhere kenneth murray was that was the guy i really wanted i was <laughs> that's, that's us too that was us he, too. he hasn't done crap with the chargers yet which is you know look they're rookies you can't judge them yet but man mm. uh looking at just the first year results look can't argue with how Kamal Martin's season went. Kamal Martin just nope. needs to control it a little bit. Needs to go underneath. He needs to control the flames on the back of that missile because, I mean, he comes mm-hmm. in a little too much, uh, a little, little too out of control. But, boy, potential is abound. That's right. Zaven Collins, uh, JJ, is our this year's Kenneth Murray. Yes. yes <laughs> I've, I've heard a lot of Packer fans really obsessed with Zaven Collins. Yeah. So if we draft him, uh, a lot of people will be – Real happy with that draft pick uh, on draft night for sure. Well, uh, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say uh, some toilet thoughts from today was when Clowney signed with Cleveland and having Cleveland draft in 26. I haven't seen Zavin get past Cleveland in quite a while, and it almost seems like that would reinforce it right now. If they're 
focusing on that defense rebuild. So, did, so. did he officially sign? I, I know that uh, they keep saying he's going to today, but did they officially sign him? Uh, from what? Yeah, I've saw I saw two reports that the second visit that he was expected to sign, and one that he signed. So all right. The Browns are going to be interesting to watch this year. But going back, one one more thing with uh, Kamal Martin, um, just to to back up what you were saying about uh, he needs to kind of pull back a little bit. <clears throat> a good friend of mine, uh, Coach Brian Hahn from uh, McFarland High School in, in Wisconsin, was watching some Kamal Martin tape with me and made the comment that somebody early on in his uh, football career told him, told Kamal clearly, if you're going to be wrong, you should better be wrong at 20 miles an hour. <laughs> well, he backed that up. He backed yeah. that up. Yeah, if that yeah. kid gets dialed in, I mean, he is injuries. Yeah. What, what's, you know, slowed his initial participation and man, all kinds of potential with that guy. He's a maniac. Reminds me of Chuck Cecil at safety, you know, just full blown ears backed. I'm coming. I think, uh, Former linebacker coach Joe Barry is going to have a lot of fun trying to do some stuff with uh, Kamal Martin and trying to coach up his game a bit and help him with the mental aspect of it. Yeah, I wonder if that's what uh, gives the Zaven Collins pick a little, uh, a couple second guesses if he's available there because we got some, we got some other big needs. Um, Could be, Could and we be. might have a, a enough in those two players to move on to the second round, third round with some of that other depth, but. We'll, well, we know the Packers will go best player available at that pick. They don't they don't know yet who they're going to take. They're going to yep. trust the board. That, yep. We know that for sure. Yep. And, and do, do you have any sense, JJ, given the the uh, seemingly depth between the end of the first round and and the back of the third round? Can, can you see a scenario where he trades back to grab some more pieces, uh, lesser, less expensive contracts with big uh, big issues in the cap next year as well. Oh, for sure. For sure. That's a, a reasonable possibility, but I will guarantee that he hasn't made that decision yet. Correct. It's going to yeah. come down to somebody calling him up on draft night and making him an offer. He can't refuse. That's, that's what it comes down to. If, the, if that call never comes through, then he's staying put or, or moving up to grab the guy he wants. Right. And you yes. never can discount his desire to move up or his ability to move up because he, he, he does it and he does it a lot. Mm early i like it all right guys well a heck of a show we just uh rang out an hour and a half and that is a lot of fun i uh, appreciate you coming on the show jj sharing your wisdom your knowledge and passion for the green bay packers let everybody know where they can find you on social media bud yeah best place to check me out is on twitter at jj Leahy, l-a-h-e-y i am very active on twitter you can also check out my podcasts, uh, No Huddle Radio on PackerStock.com and uh, The Daily Cheese on PackerNet. Those are, uh, we got a weekly show and a, and a somewhat daily show. In the offseason, it's definitely not daily. But during, when there's football games and a lot happening, it's it's pretty much daily. So, uh, but yeah. at JJ Leahy on Twitter is the best place to find me. And he is an excellent follow and uh, just one heck of a podcaster. JJ, appreciate you coming on. And, uh, and talking NFC North and, and what Gudikins has done. Hope you guys enjoyed that one. With that, Eric, take us out, boss. 
Well, first, uh, let me say thank you so much, uh, JJ. It's always uh, our pleasure and our benefit to get your uh, wisdom. Uh, it's always a pleasure chatting with you. Thanks so much for the visit. Thanks. Um, looking forward, starting to get really starting to get excited about two weeks. Mm. It's uh, it's coming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. hey, hey, sorry to bug, but JJ, what are you doing draft night? Draft night? Uh, honestly, <clears throat> the the watching the Packers draft it can. It's the most – there's nothing more disappointing in the world than than being a Packers fan and watching the draft because they either trade out of the first round or they take a guy that you weren't expecting and maybe have never heard of. <laughs> we're, we're not the Browns or the Lions, you know, where we're picking early and often. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, JJ, real quick story on that. I'm with a friend of mine, dear friend of mine down in, uh, in the Keys in Florida when the Green Bay Packers trade out of the first round. And so I'm with the same friend the next day and uh, with, was it the 34th pick, 35th to 33rd, something like that. We draft a white wide receiver from Kansas. And I'm like, you gotta be, who the hell is Jordy Nelson? <laughs> Turned out what kind of name well. is Jordy for a guy anyway? <laughs> <laughs> Turned out pretty well. Yeah. But anyways, uh, th thanks again uh, uh, for uh, the help. JJ, always a pleasure. Uh, and go pack go people. Go pack go.
Uh, hey, gang. Uh, the show's over. So appreciate y'all listening. Hope you had fun. We'll be back later on this week with a new episode. But till then, I say head on out to peterprincemusic.com and download some of the funkiest music you can get, man. Start off every day great. Peter Prince.